0: Log Talk Radio.
1: And welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at LuckyMojo.com. I'm your guest announcer, Papa Newt of PapaNewt.com in Omaha, Nebraska, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and Conjurman of Conjurman Consulting in Mission Viejo, California. This week, we'll be joined by a special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, a sister girl from Los Angeles, California, and available at Hoodoo Psychics at Sister Girl. Uh, And today, they're going to be bringing up the topic on photos, uh, spell work with photographs. Afterwards, they'll take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, or remediate your questions or problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection, using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work, as divined and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo forum at form.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first let's catch up with our co-hosts, Katherine Ironwood and Conjure M. Miss Kat.
2: Hi, Papa Newt. So nice to hear your voice. How have you been doing lately? (laughs)
1: You know, good. Very busy. I have uh, a lot going on, Uh, um, not only just uh, clients and and working at that next millennium, but I'm also going to be traveling out to uh, uh, Des Moines, Iowa here in a couple of weeks to showcase bone reading, and it's going to be kind of interesting. They're setting up kind of a gallery-type reading style, so that's going to be interesting.
2: That's great. And uh, so you're going to be, are you going to be teaching on it as well, or just doing it?
1: You know, I'm going to, I am going to give a talk just, uh, you know, because it is uh, something that is not really all too common in, in our area here of the Midwest. Um, mm-hmm. But I will also be doing readings, and, and I believe uh, they have a, a setup where there will be a camera down so people can see on the screens of what oh, I have good. and
2: Wow! Yeah. How cool is that? That's absolutely wonderful.
0: He's very I'm, cool. I'm
2: always so glad to see what you do to, you know, promote bone reading. You've taken to it so well, and um, I, you know, I, I'd, I'd put you in the, in the prominent bone readers of America at this point. If someone wants to learn, you're a guy who can teach, and you're a guy who can practice it. So. Congratulations on taking it on the road. That's really nice. Thank
1: you. It's, it's been two two years in the works, <laughs> pandemic and all, but yeah. now it's nice pandemic, we're finally oh. uh, moving forward.
2: <laughs> well, that's great. Well, things here at Lucky Mojo have been very interesting. We had our first week open to the public in the yep. last two years, <laughs> a little bit more than two years, two years and a couple of weeks, and it was wonderful seeing people again. Uh, trying to keep the shelves stocked again. It was um it was very, very nice, very wonderful. And uh just seeing old friends and seeing new friends, people who had become customers during the pandemic and had never seen us, had only done curbside pickup and now they were finally allowed to walk into the sacred store. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was very gratifying for all of us, and I want to give a special um, shout out to um, Colleen, who had never done uh, in person customer service in our shop before, and rose to it very gracefully. Eileen, who uh, did an extra day uh, so that we could have someone in the shop doing um, uh, writing up customers on Saturday. Heidi, Leslie, and um, uh, Charlie, our new old part-time worker charlie has returned to us after years she had been working for us and she's taking us on as a part-time job while she's raising a little money to take a trip to europe so she she knows the the shop well and it's just a nice thing to have her back part-time and also uh, nikki wilson so these are the people who've been running it and max jones is another part-time so we're doing pretty well in the shop and uh, we're definitely open for business, and we're having a lot of fun with it. My job in the shop has mainly been to label vigil candles because it's such an entry-level position, and we need people higher up the chain. But I can drop in, drop out. I can you know, label 20 candles and get out the door and come back and label another 20 candles. And I've been labeling candles while being live on Hoodoo Psychics, which is kind of interesting. <laughs> so, the phone rings on Hoodoo Psychics. I run into my reading room, do the reading, come back, label candles, and go back and forth. So I've been very much on my feet, very busy. And the other big news is that we had our first meeting of the year, the business meeting, that of the year, of the Redwood Empire Garden Railway Society. And as some of you know, we have a train layout in our garden at Lucky Mojo, which has fallen into disrepair during the pandemic because the shop wasn't open, so we weren't running trains. It was this whole, you know, entropic fall apart. And so we're trying to get back on the road again. And so that's going to be nice. and. There will be trains, but not yet. We'll announce when the trains are back to running. We have some track repairs to do. And I think that's about it for me. Um, I know that um, a lot of people are um, off uh, uh, this uh, weekend, have been having fun with the uh, Jewish Folk Magic Festival, and I uh, have to say regretfully I'm going to have to catch up on them in the archive because I had to do other things, but um, it's a really wonderful opportunity to learn jewish folk magic and um that's about it for me how about you conjure man? what's going on with you
3: well, things are, are busy. I'm very excited to hear that things went well in person at uh, Lucky Mojo, as I like to call it, uh, magical uh, Disneyland <laughs> or Hoodoo Disneyland. Uh, mm-hmm. The people are back, and back in person is nice. If you have never got a chance to actually visit Lucky Mojo, you do have to, to go. The products are amazing. We all love the products, but there is an atmospheric component that you don't want to miss. They're so really yeah. uh, being able to see being able to see the church outside, being able to see the candles. Um, I remember I tell people to say go in to ch- look check out the altars, what a, a love altar looks like, what a money mm-hmm. altar looks like. Um, but it's also got like, a very cool old timey feel that you very deliberately have, you know, um, intentionally cultivated over the years. It's really really cool. So there's an atmospheric component you don't want to miss, and then the addition to the you know, when the labyrinth was made and the trains were made. So there's something quite, there is something quite that Disneyland
0: magical about it. The, the, yeah, we the, got to, we got to weed the labyrinth
2: place. again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. It's now, it was started as a, as a vintage look by now because we started this you know in the 90s it's actually vintage at this point, it's <laughs> it's... <genuinely laughs> at this point. so I'm
3: very excited that things, get... that things went well yeah. I will definitely be making a, now that it's open once I make yeah. a west coast and trip I will be there, definitely there at some point
2: well we'd, we'd love to see you and a big big shout out to Leslie Lowell who is our shop manager who is keeping everything running and is really working overtime literally working overtime and and um, Leslie and um, Nikki are primarily the ones, oh, and Max, um, are primarily the ones that are running the uh, candle ministry, MISC candle ministry. So we have that up and going again after having it had it down during the pandemic. Lots of candles on the altar. If you want candles burned in a safe place um, away from your home, we will burn them for you. And. Uh, so, and we will send you reports on how they burned. Colleen is doing the reports. So that's what we've got. Now we have a guest today, and uh, has you. been a while since um, since Sister Girl has been on the show. So first of all, I just want to say welcome, Sister Girl, and tell us what's going on in your world lately.
4: Hi. Okay. So. Basically, I've been doing a bit of what you all have been doing, which is just getting back out there with the pandemic sort of dying down a little bit or seeming to. And um, I've been, you know, taking care of business, getting a few new things done, but just kind of holding down the fort.
2: Well, I'm glad have to have you. Yeah, we're glad to have you here. We've been every time we have a guest on, we ask a question. What kind of readings have you been doing lately? I've been going mm-hmm. through a, a rash of these career readings, but then somehow now the love readings have started to come back after like yeah, five weeks reading. of yeah, career right. readings. But now the love readings are starting to wake up. How about you, sister girl? Love readings, career readings,
4: health. What are you getting? I'm I'm getting more love readings. The last couple readings that I've had and have been love readings, but not your straightforward, you know, we're in a relationship and I need to know how to bring them closer. It's more like something has gone wrong in this relationship because of the pandemic or because of different health issues and, 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 and as a result of the pandemic, we're further than ever. So help is there, what do you see that we can do? It's more like um, it's love, but it's not just simple love issues.
2: Yeah, I'd i have to say that that's what I'm getting to, complicated love issues. um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, and although I have to say, I felt like springtime had returned. I was on Hoodoo Psychics um, yesterday, and someone called up, who had had a long-standing love condition and suddenly was very giggly over a new name. And I was glad, I felt like, ah, spring is here, maybe the old love will be drifting away because it hadn't been satisfactory and I'd been reading about it for a while and now suddenly someone new has entered the picture and that made me very happy. And right after that, I got another call from from a woman who Same thing. She had just met a new man, and she wanted to know whether it looked good. And to my surprise, I went to three cards, and it was like good sex, engagement, marriage. And she was like, what? In three cards. And she said, when? And I and I read out another card, midsummer, and I was like, okay, you're you're on track for a whirlwind <laughs> romance. And boy, she was happy as could be, and I was happy to see those nice cards for her. So yeah, it's been it's spring, it's springtime.
0: <laughs> spring,
3: you can tell when spring shows up because the love clients show up.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. the love clients appear. Yeah. So, So, um, well, we have as always a topic, and Sister Girl has. Um, consented to bring us our topic, which is a tutorial on spell work with photographs. And I just want to make a little intro to this concept. As we all know, photographs didn't exist until the 19th century. So you have to ask, what did people do prior to photographs? I'm just going to run through it real quick. You could draw a picture. Or people would actually... um, Trace someone's shadow in the dust and get dirt from inside their shadow, and what is a photograph, but ultimately a shadow? Okay? So there are ways that um, images were worked with, and of course, dolls are you know sculpted, maybe lifelike, maybe just rudimentary dolls. But photos can also be uh, thought of as a doll-like thing, but it's also a flat piece of paper, so it becomes petition-like so dolls um, tend to be dimensional, tend to be flat, and petitions tend to be flat. So there's this sort of bridging idea. And I love the working with photographs because there's so many ways, therefore, to work with them. So that's my intro. Let's uh, turn this over to Sister Girl, but she, she brings us on the subject of spell work with photographs.
4: Well, now, I work a lot with photographs. I find I really like it. And I find that a lot of times clients may not have or I may not have any personal concerns. I personally think that photographs work very well. They're not the same as personal concerns, but they can be effective. And I think that many times people just either they don't have personal concerns anymore or they never had or it's too soon for them to get them and I like to work with them. Um, And nowadays, the fact that we can, you know, hoodoo sort of evolves. So the fact that we Mm -hmm. now have printers, we can print pictures that are more disposable or that we can do different things with, um, it's it's easier than ever to use a photograph. There are some photograph spells in the Hyatt volumes, um, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure when they started to be used, but... Um, I I've really I've used a couple that I found there and I really like it. I, I feel that because you've got the image of the person, uh, that is as defining as a footprint or a toenail or, you know, uh any other mm-hmm. kind of material. So I would really I, wanna, like I it. wanna
2: just I just wanna jump in here because I know a lot of people listen to this show you said something and they don't know what you're talking about the Hyatt books, the Hyatt material, the Hyatt interviews. So let's just quickly define that. There have been collections of hoodoo folklore going back as far as the 1870s. And then by the 1890s, there were a lot of African-American people, especially at the Hampton Institute, interviewing themselves and other black Students at Hampton about hoodoo, and there were, a lot of it was published, and it was republished also in the Journal of American Folklore. Then uh, Nubel Niles Puckett uh, did a collection. He interviewed 425 different hoodoo practitioners, and did a book um, called Folk Beliefs of the Southern Negro. And it's a fairly racist book, but it, if you just skip all of its editorializing, the spells are there. Zora Neale Hurston, who was African-American folklorist, then went dozens and dozens of spells and also gave accounts of the lives of root workers, and that's published in a book called Mules and Ben. And she did the first collection of that in the 1920s. It was published in book form in the 1930s. By that time, a man named... Harry Middleton Hyatt, who had started collecting folklore with his sister as a sort of a hobby, um, in the place where they grew up, which was um, Adams County, Illinois, um, they went around and surveyed people and took their um, their beliefs, both their their folkloric beliefs, and also spells and omens. Everything was like the, the folklore of Adams County, Illinois. And then later, after the pocket book and the Hurston stuff came out, he decided to go down to the South and just interview African Americans only. And he went through, I don't know, 13 states, and he interviewed 1,600 African American practitioners, including professional root workers and just people who knew one spell or two or had had an experience where a root worker had done something for them and so when we talk about this very casually on the radio we said the Hyatt the Hyatt the The, there are um, 5,700 some spells and plus another good thousand that are not numbered because they are part of longer interviews with root workers it's um, an amazing thing he he spent uh, four years doing it he never published it and then he decided to go back and um, see if it was still happening in the 70s, which of course it was. He did more interviews in the 1970s, and then he began publishing these books again in the mid-60s and through the 70s. So... That was what we're talking about. And I'm going to just say, I, I know that was a long sideways thing, but I know we have so many listeners to this show who going, what is this you're talking about, Hyatt? So just from my perspective, Sister Girl, what I noticed was that some of the older people he interviewed, like in 1936, were already in their 80s. And they were talking not about photographs, but they were talking about tintypes. And I thought that was fascinating because he got things that went way back to the mid nineteenth century when you talk about doing a tin type and one of them was a, a tin type which of course is a photograph printed on a metal sheet and um and they were uh this person talks about setting it up and using it as a target and shooting it with bullets. And I was like wow, wow. I was just <laughs> gonna mention the, the shooting one
3: because I was like that's one of my favorite tin type photo spells from I <laughs> the very hoodoo psychic bet. I love that.
2: Yeah. And the 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 funny thing is you have to when you read that old material you have to be familiar with the language of the time because it says yeah. um put it on a tin and then he says put it on a tin plate and people think oh you're pasting a photograph to a tin plate no he means a tin type and yep. that that shows that photographs were adopted um into hoodoo probably before emancipation, because 10 times had really fallen out of favor, you know, the Civil War maybe. I mean, it's just, it would be right around that time period. So that goes exactly with what you were saying, sister girl, that hoodoo adapts to current developments. All right. So I'm, having said that, go back to what you were saying about the, the highest spells so, that mention photos.
4: Yeah, there's um, most of the ones that I found are the couple of ones that I found because there are thousands, mm-hmm. you know, I was, going through different different spells, uh, were to do with love drawing uh, mm-hmm. or, or just drawing a person uh, based on with their photograph or getting them to think about you using their photograph. Um, I think you can also use it as an identifier, say, if you're doing, if you're making like a doll and you want to use it to either – for any reason, whether you want to bri- for love or for to control them or to get rid of them or to stop them from doing something, uh, stuff. Not ju- I don't just stuff herbs into the doll. I'll put a picture in there. Mm-hmm. Um, um, they can be used for all those things. I just find anytime you need to identify somebody and you don't have a personal concern, I think photographs are pretty good.
0: Hmm.
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. I got in the in the uh, chat. Somebody asked uh, Dr. Sweet, Why did Hire write in the broken English of the informants rather to correct the spelling, mispronunciation of words? He did not write." in broken english um hyatt was doing two things with his collection one was collecting folklore and the other was collecting a linguistic database of regional pronunciation and since at that time he didn't have the money to make records he he used a recording device but in order to um keep on paying for it. He had to turn the cylinders back in after transcription and they were then resurfaced and recoded and reused. So those transcriptions are all that remain. And he hired over the years several different secretaries whose job it was to transcribe them exactly as spoken. And you'd be surprised, Dr. Sweets, that linguists value the Hyatt material as much as folklorists do because certain pronunciations, if you look at them and read them, you'll see that the dialect given by someone from Georgia or someone from Florida or someone from Mississippi will be different. It is not an attempt mm-hmm. to make a stereo, racist, or funny dialect. It is an exact speech. So some person might say, yeah, and another might say, you, and another might mm-hmm. say, yeah, and he, he will write them out as, as done. His secretaries did. So there's your answer mm-hmm. to your question. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Well, Dr. I Dr. Sweet says it's unique, reminds me of the Ebonics issue from Oakland, California School District, and rightly so, Dr. Sweet, because Oakland, California was settled very heavily by people from Mississippi and Louisiana who yeah. have a specific regional black dialect. And yes, when you read the Hyatt books, and if you find people from Mississippi, they will sound like they're from Oakland. That's true. But if you read the ones from Virginia, they won't. The issue
3: of photos here is particularly interesting. Than one, it shows us that, that hoodoo is a living tradition, right? that it grows organically, that it adapts to the technology of the time period. In the same way that the oldest strata of hoodoo practitioners probably didn't use a lot of candles, then candle magic became ubiquitous. Right, because Mm -hmm. we find pamphlets of it, we find books about it, and we see it as a common, common practice. Why, through the intervention of the spiritualist church, the readily accessible nature of candles. Similarly, we find that personal concerns also evolved. Right, that now you can start using someone's photograph. And I think with the advent of social media and the internet, it has made getting personal concerns even easier. I always tell clients this, that if you don't have a photo of a person, then you're going to have a hard time working on it. Now, we do know that people work on people's names. Even if they had nothing else, you could work with a name. But I tell clients, I'm like, it's easy. If the person exists, they probably have an Instagram or a Facebook. They have to be from a very unique subculture or or generation to not have those things. And if you can get the photo and you have the person's name, then you've got a pretty decent link to the person that you can work with to to do various magical workings. What I find interesting is that personal concerns, or I should say photographs, are manipulated. So that photographs aren't just a sort of passive thing that you just include. Oh, I'm going to toss it into my jar. Oh, I'm going to include it. It's not just this addition to create an extra link, it in of itself can be manipulated for magical working. Turning images upside down, burning images, cutting them. One of the most famous is crossing out. So if you're doing any type of silencing work, crossing work, you're writing their name on the back, but you're also then taking the pen and putting big X's on their eyes and on their mouth so that they cannot see, that they cannot speak. So the images themselves are manipulated like that very famous uh, Hyatt working with this cat totally psychically drew from me, uh, drew out with uh, the shooting it right? You're absolutely manipulating the image itself. You're dealing with the image directly. This is a really kind of unique approach to uh, photographs that you don't often see in other folk magic traditions. Sometimes photos are just treated as a personal concern, as just a link but it 's not just a link it 's something that you can manipulate and work one of the one of the, an old timey spell to draw someone back to you is to place their face or their picture under a cup of water but mm-hmm. putting it under the cup of water and placing that near the bed is enough to draw that person back with intention and with prayer so this is what I really love about working with photos and this cat you've talked about how you, you have more digital skills than I do. You've talked about how you digitally manipulate photographs. You photoshop, mm-hmm. you change images, you put them together, you separate them, you add sigils inside of the photo. So this is a way in, of working which is really kind of unique to Hulu, the way of manipulating the photo itself as a magical act.
4: I also find it, that if I'm if, – if, oh, go ahead. Okay. If I'm using a photo, like, say, I've, I've, I've attached a photo to a candle and maybe taped it on or glued it on, and the candle burns down, you know. Um, one, I feel that the, the heat from the candle can kind of heat up the person. It can sort of, depending on what the situation is. But also, once in a while, a label will burn, on, a, on especially on mm-hmm. one of those, Vigil candles. And I found that in my interpretation, every time that happens, it's a signal that someone has been being slandered or run down by somebody. So I always tell the client if I see that their picture has got a burn up the front of it, that someone's Mm -hmm. been trying to burn them, someone's been talking bad about them or trying to um, influence other people away from them.
2: Yeah, I've seen this with photos sometimes um, scorching. And um, um, I keep a, a, excuse me, a set of classic candles to teach people with, and one of them shows a a man and a woman. They were not together, and so we cut out a picture of one and a picture of the other, and we put them on a um, candle that had you know, like Love Me, like two people on it. And the woman's face on one, the man's face on and They just fit perfectly. And the man's face completely burned away. The woman's face was there. And it was pretty obvious he did not want to be in the picture. (laughs) Not only did the underlying candle with mm. the band's mm-hmm. face burned away, but his face burned away. And so we interpret those missing faces mm-hmm. as the person absolutely rejecting being worked on by the candle. Yeah,
3: yeah. <laughs> so in this way, the, the images themselves act as omens. They themselves are signs, right? Sometimes you read candles, you read the wax, you read the flame, you read all sorts of things. You read incense smoke. You can also read the image itself, and that's very cool. It adds that particular dimension so that if you are burning a candle, what happens to the photo? But you can also deliberately burn a photo. One of my favorite ways of working is if you want to get someone to do something that you want. Don't (laughs) do this to to everybody. Uh, You do a bit of a (laughs) dick movement. You just go around burning. Everyone's photos, but if you want someone to pay you, or if you want to put a fire under someone's feet, you can actually send you a photo. So you take their photo, you write the petition on the back of what you want them to do, you cross it with your name, you uh, baptize it in their name. Whatever happens to this photo will happen to this person. Then you just lightly singe the photo carefully, so it doesn't catch flame and then the entire thing burns. But you just lightly singe corner by corner, and you go, Oh, there's a fire under your feet. Come to me, come to me from wherever you are call me, bring me my money, right? You can singe the photo. It's a mm-hmm. really good way of getting people to do what you want.
2: Mm-hmm. I love doing that. Another one is we talked about putting it a photo under a glass or a cup of water to call someone in. There's one that was recorded um, by Hyatt, and to me, we were just talking earlier with Dr. Sweets about Oakland. Mm-hmm. I learned this in Oakland, and when I found it, when Hyatt then later published those books, because remember, although they were collected in the 30s, he didn't publish them until the late 60s Mm and early 70s. When I found it in the book, I actually screamed out loud. And I I had this moment of wondering: had the person who taught me this been someone who um, I had interviewed, or a friend, or mm. this is so strange? But it was one: if you, if your partner has left you, marriage partner, mm. bed partner of any kind, you put their photo upside down behind the headboard.
0: Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: And um, and call them to come back into the bed, and I was amazed because I was actually taught that one in person by somebody. Um, mm-hmm. Which shows how consistent some of these old things are, and another thing that um mentioning water about the cup of water to dress on back there 's another thing you can do with a photo, and it it was more satisfying, I think, in the days when everything was on photo paper, but you can put them in water and they will. Mm. Really, they used to kind of like bubble and get really weird. But you can put them Mm. on paper and you can dissolve them. You can also um, put a little alcohol in or whatever you want to do and put the photo and just stir it until the paper kind of comes apart. And just uh, Uh, stir it. You can do it in hot water and you can really make a person. yeah. Yeah. Now, the reason I put alcohol in and sometimes we'll stir it in and try to mush it in alcohol and water If someone's an alcoholic and they're causing trouble in the family and there's a divorce underway and they're coming around and banging on the doors drunk, you know, and there's a restraining order, I want them just to drown in the alcohol and go down the drain. And eventually Mm. they will go down the drain and it just gets poured out, usually down the toilet. So the photo just goes into mush in the alcohol and I'm saying, as I'm saying this, you're drinking, you're drinking, you're drinking, you're drinking, you're drunk. Right, as I said. Mm-hmm. And so that's another way to work with it.
0: Yeah,
3: I use a similar method, but not with, with uh, alcohol, but what I put it in a pot of water, I add in mm-hmm. uh, red uh, hot sauce, red peppers, and a couple drops of crossing mm-hmm. oil, and then I turn the heat up and let it mush, and I say melt and melt and burn away. And this will usually mm-hmm. cause someone to lose their cool, but just explode mm-hmm. at work or something, and things will go bad. I do a similar thing for breakup, where I take pictures of two people, separate them, and put red peppers in them, roll them up. This is a derivation of rahamika harik's working you will roll them up mm-hmm. with the red peppers inside of them, and then you will place this on a pan and turn it up. You never want to burn it entirely; you want it to singe. Mm-hmm. And you'll just sort of, as if you're sautéing them, you just sort of shake it up as it heats up, and you'll hear the red pepper seeds kind of crack inside you—crack, crack, crack, crack—and crack. they'll mm-hmm. fight, they'll fight and bicker and argue, and they'll get really tense, and the relationship will falter, and everything will sort of separate. It's a really great way of doing. I mean, it's horrific, but it's a great way of doing. <laughs> but then there's a really old timey way of working with photos around on the same thing where you take the photo baptize it in their name and then you hit it with a shoe or you strike mm-hmm. it with a sandal. You take it outside and you smack it over and over again with your shoe. So these are all really interesting ways of using photo papers or photos for crossing work, for breakup work, mm-hmm. for, for cursing work, for causing people to overheat or to drown in alcoholism.
0: Yeah.
4: So are these long-lasting spells? Because what I wanted to mention to people is that I do feel that these things work. You can draw people to you. You can do other things. However, it, when you're trying to draw somebody to you, understand that you can you can bring somebody into your, into your vicinity, into your world, and have a chance to talk with them and relate to them. But it doesn't mean you're going to create lasting love that way. You're just going to have a chance to 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 influence them for a while. And I think if people mm-hmm. are looking for, um, oh, this is going to make someone love me or this is going to make our relationship stick, that's not the kind of work that it would.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, I think yeah. I think it depends on intent, too, because I think there are some old-time films that are very much dedicated to keeping love. So, for example, a derivation of the photo uh, on the, the bedhead spell, very Mm -hmm. old timey, very old school. I was taught by Virginian Conjure. You take a picture of the person that you want to be your lover and not to stray, place it uh, in the bed head upside down, and you use two pins to affix it, and you cross the pins together so that they're Mm -hmm. joined together, and that keeps the photo there. So you pin it with the two needles or the two pins, and they kind of cross in this sort of Mm -hmm. cross fashion, and they keep it there. And so long as the photo remains on the back of your bed, that person will remain in your bed. So that's a stay-with-me spell that just uses photos Um, Mm -hmm. the trick is I think it always comes to intent what you are intending to do that was with the driving force of the power is but also that works as a really interesting way of doing omens what happens if the photo falls that lets you know that Mm -hmm. "Mm, maybe your partner is straying a little bit right so there's Mm -hmm. a really cool early warning system that's built into that Mm hmm
2: Yeah, you know, and that is something interesting about photos as permanent or temporary. Because they're on paper, Mm -hmm. I've heard many people say they are temporary by nature, but that need not be true. For instance, a photo pressed into a Bible is permanent. It's in the Bible. It's not going anywhere. So... Any of the psalms that are used for love or the Song of Solomon, put photos in there. Those photos are now uh, sealed and protected in the Bible. And um, one of the things that I have often done is to find portions of the Bible verses that relate to family. Get a photo of
0: the members of the
2: family, write their names on the back, and put that in the Bible where that thing is. And you can copy out the portion of Scripture if you want. So they can be permanent in the same way that a pressed flower in the Bible is permanent.
4: Mm-hmm. Another thing
2: you can do is f- frame the photos. So mm-hmm. um, in framing photos, there's uh, some interesting um, ways to frame. One is, of course, your classic frame around the portrait of the family. Go down and, and you know, get that studio portrait at the mall. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And it'll look it'll look. Nice, you know. Uh or you can take a, a casual photo and, and frame it. There are also frames that you can buy that have um several three, six, nine, twelve small little holes, you know, like cut out of a mat, and you can put in cousins and aunties and grandmas and so forth. Those are really nice if you're doing ancestor work. You can put up um a set of um you know, the the maternal line, a set of the paternal line, Um, you can copy old photos now and just put their names on the back and put those in those multi-frame mats that go inside of a surrounding resin or wooden frame they make a very convenient easy to use easy to load ancestor altar it's a good a backing or backup against if you have an ancestor altar then you're going to have it against a wall those framed photos in an easel stand look really nice on an ancestor altar
3: oh yeah that's really good i love that i love that
0: yeah
3: no i was just i was commenting it was very cool go ahead please
4: well, there's another thing you can use a, a one of you can use the seal of Solomon. You can trace it on tracing paper and you mm-hmm. can then lay it on top of a photograph and like kind of fold the photograph inside this tracing paper with the seal of Solomon and carry the photograph with you and that's supposed to draw the person to you.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It reminds me of the old-timey spells where you take the photos of two people and you affix them with honey. You place mm-hmm. a little bit of honey, and Miss Kat has said uh, put the honey between the lips so that they're sweet on each other, uh, which or I, I love Or idea. jam, or jam, yeah. yeah. And you affix the photos together, and that's a really cool way of working. You can also do uh, the reverse where you put them back to back to each other back-to-back, and that's usually done in some type of of separating or also in protective work, so putting images back-to-back or sandwiching an image between two mirrors. It's a very, really cool way of working with photos in a mirror box so you can't make a full-on mirror box. You take the two tile mirrors, put the photo in the middle of it, put the mirrors together and then bind it together and bury it. That is a way of binding someone and trapping them within mirrors.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, face to face. I was taught to do this with um, honey, but I was also taught strawberry jam. Just put a little mm, touch yeah, of strawberry jam on the on the lips, or back to back with hot sauce between them to drive yep. them apart. Another thing, if you put them face to face, is to pin them after you've uh, glued them together, and yeah. um, and so some people just said um, pin them. Um, but some people said use safety pins because that mm-hmm. keeps them together. These would, the, and yeah. they were especially the little gold safety pins, right? That's what mm-hmm. I was called mm-hmm. the little tiny gold um, safety pins. And then the um, the other one that I heard was to use fish hooks. And so yeah. these yeah. would be um, to hook somebody because the the pin it holds it like a. Um, you know, together in a way that they can't get apart without it being painful.
3: Yeah, the fish hooks is really good. That's particular. I've always used fish hooks for like come to me and then keeping mm-hmm. them. It has a little bit more mm-hmm. of a coercive component. The pins I've used, but I've used three specifically. So I, so I don't know if this is a little bit more Virginian conjure where they have a more emphasis on like three pins. Um, but whatever we do in mm-hmm. work is either three or seven pins there's a little bit more of a focus on counting and it could be perhaps Mm -hmm. a bit of a European Germanic influence in Virginia. But one of Mm -hmm. the ways that we were taught, almost the same way with either a name paper or with photos is when they were put together, you use three pins and you put it in a row, one at the head one at the body and one at the feet so that they're bound together. So you go, oh, Mm -hmm. I bind your mind to me, I bind your heart to me, I bind your body to me. As you do that, you pin the safety pin, it keeps the photos together and that way wherever they turn, they will always turn towards you.
2: Mm-hmm. Now you see another way that I was taught was four in the four corners, and oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. and so the the jam is point number five. You make your quincunx.
3: Right. I use the I use the fish hooks for the corners. So if I remember doing hooks,
4: it's mm-hmm. always the, it's
3: just easier. It's always really mm-hmm. really weird to get the fish hook in the mm-hmm. middle. It kind of folds up for me. But so for what mm-hmm. I do, I kind of put them face to face. I use the four. The jam or the honey in the middle And then the fish hooks in the corners That way they're sweet to each other But they're also bound by these fish hooks Mm -hmm. Four corners of the world If they turn north, you turn towards me If you turn south, you turn towards me If you turn east, Mm -hmm. you turn towards me If you turn west, you turn towards me So whichever way you go, you turn towards me These are really cool ways But it also really speaks I think the simplicity of conjure and this is and when I mean simplicity I don't mean easy what I mean is that there is an accessibility to it that is very different we all we talk about the nature of folk magic versus ceremonial magic right if you're doing a love magic looking in ceremonial works you know you've got to wait till Venus is in Taurus and you've got to wait till the moon is rising and you gotta you gotta do a certain ritual and certain colors and certain words and it's very complicated and here you have two photos with a little bit of honey stuck together and it is a very very immensely accessible, but very effective way of working. And of course, you know, we, we find the use of photos in a variety of different workings, whether it's in talismanic work, whether it's in these actual manipulation of the photos themselves, the placing of them in jars. One of my favorite ways of working with jars as you take a, I keep giving out all these really coercive spells today. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's Venus being besieged, clearly. <laughs> it's bringing out the dark <laughs> moon. But you take that photo. You take a photo of a person who really pissed you off and who you want to drive away. And you place it mm-hmm. into a jar. You place the photo upside down. Then you stuff it with red peppers, black peppers, salt. You close this jar. You want the type of jar that has some type of cork top. So it's like a bottle. You put the cork in, and then you stick pins through the cork, and you shake it up. And every time you shake it, you curse and cuss and drive up. And what that pins do will actually will shred the paper. It will shred the photo until it's just mush inside, just little pieces of paper that have been stuck all over with pins, and then you bury it on their property. So this is a way in which you combine jar magic with the manipulation of the photo.
2: That's a good one. There's another thing you can do, because Gladiator asked about ways to repeal creepy suitors. Another one is to um, mail the photo away. And this is one of my favorites, right? So, yeah, you can, you can, it it was taught to me as you mail them to France. And, Hmm. um, and uh, so, mailing them to france i w- I just took this as a metaphor I didn't realize you actually were supposed to mail them to France at first, and then I found out yes, we're mailing them to France, and it in mail a later to e-
3: place called Hell. Didn't you actually mail it to a place called yes, like, a Yes, there's city also, called Hell? yes,
2: there's something, there's a town called Hell. <laughs> yes, you can mail oh, it to Hell. Yes, so,
3: this is so brilliant.
0: Um, I love this.
2: It, 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 right, so, but mailing them to France m- m- was something I didn't understand until much later when I met people who had done research into the old Creole um, uh, New Orleans um, language and, mm. and customs. And when someone... Uh, died, they would say, oh, he's gone back to France. It was a euphemism for if they had died.
3: Ah, and interesting. So
2: to mail them to France <laughs> means to send them to their death, which I
3: thought oh, wow. was
2: kind of fun. Um,
3: and I thought yes, it would, that tell... would also make sense in the World War II context, literally sending them to World War II.
2: Uh, right? No, this war, was much then... earlier than World War II. Oh, much this, earlier. I mean, okay. the people who ta- I mean, yes, the people who taught me that lived through World War II—they were older. I mean, because this was like 1963, oh, okay. and they were older, older people. Yeah. So I thought, well, I'm going to Paris, France. And then um, when we, you know, we had COVID and everything like that. No, the, no, the mail is not going through. Uh, somebody <laughs> said, why don't you just mail them to Paris, Texas? <laughs> so.
3: Oh, that's
2: a lie. <laughs> I did that. Mm-hmm. So. So parents, just in Texas, in
3: Texas, it's its own. Mm-hmm.
0: Just kidding just to all the
3: Texans out there. <laughs> That was a California dig. Uh, yeah, I love yeah. I love the idea of of moving photos. An old timey way of working with photos is to dissolve them in a river, pray over it, and as the water washes the photo away, it drives them out of your 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 county, your city, wherever the river is headed to. Um, but you just this is you know we dispose of things in rivers, but people don't often think about that. You can also put a photo in a river. You put it as a petition paper. You pray over it. Uh, and you toss it into the river. In fact, there's actually a video of someone finding one of these bottle spells. I'm going to send you this cat. you got to see this thing. He, he has no idea what it is. He opens the thing up, and I'm sitting there going "That's the bottle spell, bro. Don't open it. <laughs> <laughs> But yes, you can actually use just a photo. This is particularly for people who are worried about like what if someone opens it up? Use the photo. The photo will dissolve in the water. Make it into a mm-hmm. name deeper in a petition, tell it what you want to do, baptize it in the name and then baptize it in their name. Place it into the water. The water will dissolve and carry it out of your life.
2: Right. And I just I just uh, wrote in the chat too, little paper boats. Um Have you all Mm -hmm. ever learned how to make little paper boats? If you don't know how to make little paper boats, just go on YouTube, tutorial little paper boats. So so, these are little paper boats. And then you have your little paper sailors, and you put your unwanted people on the boat and send the boat down the river. And that's another nice way to get rid of them. And, and, uh, you know, they'll, they'll float for quite a while.
3: But they they'll will. eventually. They
2: will, they
3: will eventually <laughs> far
2: come. from where you are. Yeah, that's
3: right. Yeah. Uh keeping with the theme that uh Conjurman's being evil uh this week, uh there are two more things you can do with Photos. There are these novelty toilet papers that you can buy where you can print people's photos on them. So you Mm. can buy those where you print people's photos on them and use that toilet paper. This is an old way of working where you use your PCs or urine to cross and curse someone. It's very nasty, but it is an old-timey way of working. People used to write uh, the, your enemy's name on toilet paper was the common way that it was done but through the marvels of modern technology you could print it in fact in the past few years they are one of the most popular ones was the picture of Donald Trump uh, which was uh, <laughs> printed by lots of people and used as toilet paper by his supporters as well because they they thought it was cool, but also by people who hated him, but it all added up to the same thing. You're, you're technically crossing somebody if you're using their face as a photo. But you can also, if you don't want to pay, pay, you know, do the actual novelty brand of it, there is a way of where, in which you can place a, or affix a person's photo to the bottom of your toilet uh, and then urinate on it. And the act of urinating is to cross and curse that person.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. How about you, sister girl? You got any more for us?
4: Nope. I mean, no. I And I don't usually do that. I mean, I, I do a few different things, but I pretty much stick to those few different things. And I've told you told about those.
2: Well, then, 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 I, then I don't feel bad about jumping in with another one. Uh, uh-huh. You. If you want to do spells, and and this was alluded to before, that you will not necessarily be caught out by your handwriting, or mm. whatever, and you just and, and as conjurments, just use their picture, and no one will know necessarily who it is if they find it a photo on mm. um, on a doll. Um, you can make a little cloth doll, cut out a photo of the person and glue it to the doll and then hang the doll in a tree or whatever you're going to do with the doll. But the photo on it usually will not be identifiable by the time anyone finds that doll. So it's a good way to work that is um, very individualistic, just gluing that doll on. And that gets me to the idea of paper dolls because most Mm -hmm. figural dolls are like a gingerbread man. They're kind of a shape, you know, like that. And you can cut out around the edges of a picture. And if you don't have anything but their face, you can just use a generic photo of a body, comp their face onto it so now it looks like them. And it Mm -hmm. can be used on a doll. Whatever shape that doll is, you can manipulate it a little bit to make it fit that doll. And paper dolls are very interesting because... Um, we think of you know, a doll that is made of paper, a base, and then you put clothes on it. And that's something interesting that you can do as well. You can treat a photo as if it were a paper doll. And yeah. this can be done for for good or for ill. For instance, you have a photo of a person and you want to marry them. So you get a bridal gown for you and you get a you know, tuxedo for them if you're a gal, right? Or two mm-hmm. tuxedos, two bridal gowns, whatever it's going to be. Now you have paper dolls of them and you can actually dress yeah. them. And just like little you know, tabs and all that. Um, it's kind of a neat way to work. And, yeah, of course, your petition yeah. might be on the back of the dress, marry me, you know, and so forth. Yeah. Then there's another thing you can do with these photos that I want to talk about for a minute, and I've, I know I've mentioned it a few times on the radio show, and that is to use the photos to create labels for vigil candles using the writer waite smith Tarot deck. So what you do here is you find the card that represents what you want it to be. Um, you make a, a copy of that tarot card. Again, this is assuming you have basic photo editing skills. You don't need Photoshop. There's plenty of smaller tighter applications that you can use, you either comp in the head of the person or you comp in the whole picture of the person into the tarot card. Now you have a fully made background. You know the meaning Mm. of that card and it becomes a candle label that's individual that you can just reprint over and over and over again to do whatever it is you want to do with them. So um, one of my favorites, the one that actually got me started on this, is the Eight of Swords. This is the lady who is blindfolded and bound outside of a castle, standing in a ditch of muddy water. And I had a person who needed to be shut up in the family. There was a family gathering photo. I, she was standing very uh, still, and I cut mm. her out. And in those days, I used X-Acto blade. I, I cut her out. Completely, and I put her into the uh, print of the of the uh, tarot card, and then I was able to make photocopies um, from that. Nowadays, I would have done it all with scanning and um, digital. Mm. And I burned those candles regularly to shut her up at family gatherings, so that she would be tied, bound, and blindfolded. It worked, mm. and it was it was very good. But there are other ones that you know, like the lovers, or whatever right. it may be. Um, For instance, the devil card, which has the two people bound. Again, you can put um, people in there and get them in some sort of jam. Just thinking about Mm -hmm. it, the tarot cards have a lot of of great backgrounds and great concepts Mm -hmm. going on in those cards. Do you have any more uses that
4: are for love? Because there's been a lot of talk of cursing and (laughs) shutting people up, Mm -hmm. but are there more loved ones? Well, you well, like mentioned I said, the, the two of cups. The yeah, the lovers card and the yeah,
2: the lovers card is really a great one to again to put their photos into that. You know, um I wish that someone would just take it upon themselves to make a copy, a set of the tarot cards, the Rider-Waite tarot cards with no people in them, just mm. the landscapes. I would I would really like a set of that.
3: <laughs> that would be pretty cool, people. or you could make them to, cool. without their faces so that you can put the faces in.
2: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just, it's just a kind of uh-huh. a cool idea. Other ones, yeah. other ones for love with photos uh, that I really, really like is to combine their photo. Again, we were talking about the Bible and putting them in the Bible oh. in a in a passage of love. But you can also get online um, copies of marriage certificates. Make a marriage certificate and put that together with the doll that you're Mm -hmm. going to have a marriage uh, or two dolls, one for each. Pin them together, glue them together, or however you're going to do it. Another one that I find useful for love is, again, if you're going to be making dolls for love, and this might be a pair of dolls that are going to be put in a little, what we call the nest, together. And you can get a full body naked shot of each person. That's a real nice way to get them together. And this mm-hmm. brings up another one, which is about body parts. But I'm just going to mention it. This isn't a, well, some people can get a photo of their lover's genitals, now, you don't want to be using generic genitals. You want an actual photo of your actual lover's genitals. And this comes from a guy named um, L.B. Wright, Larry Wright. Um, <coughs> he did this really kind of cool thing where you take and, um, well, he wanted to make it be so generic that no one would be offended. He said you just put a little piece of paper that's the length of a person's whatever and you, you zigzag fold it up and you glue it into a match box. And when you want them to spring into action, you open the matchbox and whoop, their little thingy stands up, right? <laughs> and if you want to put them away, you fold them back up and close the matchbox. Now, you could do that with a full body as well as with just a, um, a photo of a penis. But it's kind of cool. if mm-hmm. You can make a photo of a penis, blow it, you blow it up and fit that into that matchbox. It's pretty Michael. cool.
3: And we've also we've mentioned just so that, you know the the record is clear. We also mentioned lots of love spells on this show. We mm-hmm. did the honey between lips. We did pins. We did fish hooks. The photo upside mm-hmm. down. The photo behind, under the glass of water. The photo behind the bed. So there's been lots of lots. But I'm going to give one for cleansing, just so we can ease any unease there uh, or soothe any uneased minds. Uh, If you want to cleanse somebody, you can take their photo and use an egg on it. It's a really, really great way of doing cleansing from a distance. You can also do this on a location. You can take a picture of a house. This particularly for those who are professionals that do cleansing. You can take the picture of a house uh, and do an egg cleansing on the house, or you can do it on a person where you take the photo of a person and do an egg cleansing. I was taught that you do the cleansing. You roll the egg over the photo, but then you place the egg on the photo over night, and then crack it the day after. Then you, that Because it's not in person, you want to leave it overnight so it draws everything out while they're sleeping, their nightmares, their negativity, their fears, anxieties, the evil eye, all of it's drawn out into the egg, all the cross conditions, and then you dispose or crack of the egg at the crossroads or at a tree. So you can use this photo in that way as well. It's a type of paper doll, if you will.
2: Yeah, and that's another thing about photos of a location, because we were just talking about photographs. They yep. do not be of people. One of my favorites, and again, I've mentioned it many times, you want to get a job at a certain place. You go and take a photo of the building where the job is located, especially if they have signage out front, and you want a photo of yourself in front of the sign looking happy, and then you get a little dirt from around the building of the place that you want to work, and you put that on your altar and you can then burn candles for that. But the photo of you at the place becomes the talismanic piece that draws you to the place. And of course, your petition yeah. will be, you know, yeah. interview me, hire me, uh, give me yeah. a, a decent job yeah. at, at great pay. And I've done the, that at um, all my
3: jobs and I've gotten it.
2: It works. I'm going to tell you that works. Yeah. I learned this trip from Cat. Kat. Every
3: place I've gone to interview, I've taken a photo of myself there in front of their sign, happy, and it works. You work and use it as a petition paper. I'm a testifier for you. I testify it's true.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there we have it. Um, uh, There's our bumper music. So let's turn this over to Papa Newt.
1: Support for this programming is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com. And by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first online run entirely by... uh, Sorry, the first psychic line run entirely by hoodoo practitioners received a reading but with a trusted root worker instantly. Call one eight 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 for Hoodoo or visit HoodooPsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online at CrystalSilenceLeague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and take uh, today's client. And our client actually is Ryan who is calling from area code 425. Now unfortunately uh, they have not called in, uh, but we're just showcasing them uh, about their situation and hopefully they can catch uh, the reading in the archives. Ryan is writing, I am trying to find low income housing in my area, but the wait lists are years long. I'm hoping to speed this process so I can move soon. I'll turn back to you, Ms. Katz.
2: All right. Well I think Ryan is a perfect candidate for our topic today, which is photograph. Magic, but I'm going to first um, just put in a card for a reading, but then I'm going to go right to a spell because I think uh, that's pretty much what this person is looking to find a way to do it. So I cut my cards, and um, card number one is the Nine of Cups. That is, come and get it, right? That's a that's a nine cups on a table, a banquet table. This person very happy, saying, "Come and get it. It's easy to do. It's okay." So. Good sign, and now I'm going to go right to this. Exactly the kind of spell I was talking about about job getting. So the low income housing is in specific places. Now they won't necessarily have logos, you know, there won't be, you know, low income housingsville, a sign out there. But there might be. Some of those places do have signage. If they have signage, use it. If they don't, just take a picture of yourself in front of or among the the housing units that are there. And you can do one for every one of these. Don't just don't just do the one. Um, get dirt from each one. Then I want you to put the dirt on your altar, and in a in a bowl or a cup or something. And that dirt is going to be the base in which you stick your candle. And if you um, don't have enough dirt, if you couldn't get enough dirt, you can piece it out with a little bit of salt to make a little mound and put your candle in it. The pictures of the places that have your photos in them, you're going to array them around the candles. You can put a candle in front of every one of them if you want, or you can uh, put one candle with a bunch of them around it. Don't just focus on the one place only, but just keep on you know, saying, i, I got to get one of these places, put 12 of them out. The candle you would want to dress with Money House Blessing and Peaceful Home. And maybe house blessing. So those three oils or any one of those three. Peaceful home is good because you don't want to go into a low-income housing situation where you're in a rough neighborhood or have bad neighbors. Uh, Money house blessing because you want to save money and it's going to help your house to have that. And then house blessing is, of course, the obvious one because it blesses the house. And I would uh, uh, burn those candles and... um, these would be small candles. I'm not talking about a big glass encased case candle. I'm talking about little candles. That's why I said you could put one in front of each of those. On the back of the pictures, you can put your prayer for a, a you know, good place to live and that you will be favored. You c- could if you want to instead of um just having the the dirt um, as a base for the candle. Some people would want to go to the idea of a sugar jar, but I wouldn't necessarily mix sugar and dirt. To me, it seems like a icky. It's not not something I like to do, although I know some people will do it. So you can make the dirt be a circle, a ring, put the sugar in a jar, and you can, if you want to, put those addresses of the houses and um, on slips of paper, and on the back of them say, um, you know, except me as a as a tenant. If one of them is um, taken out of play, someone else got it, you just pull that slip of paper out. That's why I prefer sugar for this spell rather than honey and you can burn the candle on top of the sugar or honey jar. And that way, if a new one comes on on into play, you can put it in. But I like the idea of using this as a sort of a what we might call a vision board, but every one of them. And if you have children, if it's a big family that you want to move in, have all the children be in the picture, not just you, but like everybody who's going to be there, and make it a happy photo on a nice sunny day if you can. And that's what I would do to try to attract to me the low-income housing. Now, the other thing that I would do, and I still have a few minutes here to talk about it, is every one of these places or there's going to be some kind of a managerial person, there's going to be somebody you're going to talk to, whether you have a, depending on what city you live in, how it's all arrayed, um, there's going to be things to fill out possibly online, and there's also going to be a person you might be able to talk to. Make sure you get that person's business card if you can. If the housing units have a business card for them all or a website for them all, get that website logo. That's all part of your sugar jar material. You want those people to favor you and to think of you as you know the ones that they really want to help. Then when you work with the sugar and you can lick your finger and um touch it to the sugar and then lick it in your mouth and say as sugar is sweet to me so will the property managers at you know oakview crescent terrace be sweet to me and favor me above all other applicants and then you put the lid back on burn the candle so Use small candles and just keep at it. I think that you'll get what you want. Another thing you can do is to draw a larger map or get a larger map of the city, the neighborhood the territory you're looking at and hi- using a highlighter, mark off where those um, places are, and maybe burn a small candle on the on the map if the map is Big enough you can you know use a card table maybe eighteen inches by eighteen inches and and literally put these little candles like light that you're looking at where you're going if one of them has no occupancy snuff the candle out they're done with that candle i I like to work with these long term things rather than looking at it as a hopeless large assortment of places that may or may not accept you i like to look at it very specifically and photos are a really great way to work you can also get the photos from uh, google street view if you can't go there in person in other words someone who might want housing and they they're they're going to move from one state to another and they're going i can't drive there just to get my photo taken in front of the place go to google street view and get the photo of the place Comp it together with a photo of you, and by comp it together, it could be as simple as printing out a photo of you, cutting it out with scissors, and gluing it onto the photo of the Google Street View image of the property. So don't um, think of this as something that you do need Photoshop to do. You can do it with scissors, exacto blade, or anything like that. And you can write around the photo, like for instance, the house, you can write, you know, my new house or my next apartment and this can also be used for buying property just as easily as for finding low-income housing so that's my uh set of advices using photographs so um let's turn this over to sister girl
4: okay um i'm going to just put lay down a few cards here and the first card out here is the death card, which looks as if this is a time of transition for for the client. Um, the next is the the justice card reversed, which is telling me that um, this is a delicate time uh, for this person, uh, or delicate time to look for a. a Housing I suppose or or for their situation it does look like it can work out better than expected With the star card here, so I would say It can work out, but you would need to do some work some I think the work that miss Kat suggested is what would be required because the star card always Kind of implies to me that maybe a bath is needed or some sort of ritual is needed Um, and then I get the three of cups, which is you petitioning to, you know, putting your petition out there. So, um, all in all, I think this is, you have a shot with, if you do this work, it's a delicate time right now to get what you want, but it is possible if you put your petition out there and you really um, kind of cleanse yourself now i do think it's important for you right now to get all your ducks in a row examine all sides of the situation examine all sides of like your financial situation get your paperwork together your you know your 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 application and all that get everything make sure that everything is covered and then um It looks like you can have success with it, but make sure that you're ready with that application and with all the supporting materials that you need.
2: All right. Um, And uh, documentation is important too. Any applications Mm -hmm. that you make that you make online, print them out and also put them on your altar, underneath your Mm -hmm. candles Mm -hmm. or underneath Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. photos. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's turn this over to Countryman and see what he has to say.
3: Yeah, I was going to say that one of the suggestions that I'm going to give is the application. Uh, If you get dirt from the property, work with that. That's really good. Any type of property that you're interested in, gather a bit of the dirt that you want. That way you have some ownership or claim over it. Um, you can also make sure that you place your footprint going in towards the door. So just very deliberately step whenever they're showing you some type of place or whether they're showing you a physical apartment, even if you can't physically get there, walk the around and make sure you place one of your footprints towards the door and say as this footprint goes to the door, so will this property be mine. Then gather a bit of the property dirt Take a pinch of that sugar from that sugar jar. Mix it with that dirt with a pinch of five-finger grass. Then make a crossroads out of this mixture, out of that dirt, sugar, and five-finger grass mixture, and place your sugar jar on top of it. So The sugar jar is right in the middle of the crossroads so that it is sweetening the property to you. So the dirt should basically lead to the sugar jar. You'll have like an X and then the sugar jar in the middle of it any application that you have you will print out dust with that with dust with some compelling powder and some attraction powder attraction powder is so that they are drawn to you the reality is that any application you want to stand out, and that's the key. Uh, if they want to lease you, you want to stand out. You want to do a little bit of attraction to draw and compelling to get them to give it to you. Then flick off the excess. If it's a physical application, you'll turn it in. If not, you'll keep it on there and submit the electronic version. But in either case, you will place it on top of the dirt, uh, and then you'll place the sugar jar on top of it, and you'll burn your candles on top of the sugar jar praying over that, and then you can take the application out and hand it in physically, if it's physically being handed in. If it's electronically, you submit it and just keep the application there. That way you have the the dirt mixture, the application, and the sugar jar. When you go to the office, if you have to go in to submit anything, if you have to go in to meet anybody, keep five-finger grass in your pocket. Five-finger grass is to get what you asked for. So we usually use it for jobs, for money, for loans, but also for any type of instance where you're asking for something it can easily be for asking for property i've done it with mortgages i've done it with apartments you keep the five finger grass in your pocket in order to ensure that you will get what you want it's not just success with all five of your fingers it's also success for petitions and requests and in this case any type of application that's going before low-income housing you're going to put uh your it's a request you're asking for some type of aid or some type of help there so five finger grass in your pocket is going to be very useful. And then I want to really encourage you to work with, if you can, with your ancestors. Ancestors are particularly good with any type of property. The two kind of things that I find ancestors really useful for beyond kind of general veneration, devotion, or whatnot, is generally property work and justice work. that's the two things they're interested in. They're interested in seeing you in a safe and secure environment, and they're interested in making sure that you get justice. So any type of legal work, Always incorporate your ancestors, any type of property work, incorporate your ancestors, because they will be very helpful. You can set up a small space for them and say, if you help me to get into this new place, I will give you a bigger space. I will place your your space in the center of my home, or I'll put it up on a mantle. Offer them a cup of water, offer them a white candle, and pray to them and call out, say, oh, ancestors, I am seeking to be secure. I am your descendant, particularly if you have children, invoke your children in this matter, be like, I have Children who need to be safe, secure in an affordable environment, in an affordable apartment, assist me to find this place, assist me to be successful, and I shall ensure to set your place up in my new property uh, somewhere central, somewhere in the house, in the living room, in the mantle. And then I will give you regular monthly offerings or something along those lines. I'll give you water. I'll give you candles. And I will remember your spirit. Your spirit will live with us. Your spirit will find a home with us. And you will continue to be part of our family. And I find that they will come very quickly, very swiftly to address these matters. After all, your ancestors are interested in seeing you safe and secure. So I always tell clients there two types of work that ancestors are very interested in. Any type of justice work, any type of property type work or housing work. They're not always interested in, in you getting a girlfriend or a boyfriend. Sure, they want to see descendants, but they're not always like, like, I'm going to help you nail that one person or I'm going to help you really land that one person. <laughs> not always, but when it comes to justice and when it <laughs> comes to property, they do come through very quickly. So offer some type of offering to the answers. Just tell them that you'll incorporate them. And then it's just a matter of making sure that you fill out your P's, make sure you cross, you know, your T's, dot your I's. Make sure that all the applications are filled out properly. Take your time any type of government assistance, any type of low income housing, they look for any excuse to disqualify. So if there's errors in your application, they'll just kind of toss it out. That's the reality of it. And so this is this I I worked with clients before in these type of circumstances uh and that's generally almost always the case. They are they get such a large amount, large volume of applications that they look for reasons to disqualify. So make sure mm-hmm. before you submit anything don't misspell your name, don't get your income wrong. Don't get make sure that you've got all those things properly filled up. And then the final thing that I would recommend is that as you're doing all of this, make sure that you get a road opener candle that it's burning in the background to keep heat on the situation and open all the roads. So as you've got this altar that has been set up with the sugar jar that's been mentioned by Miss Kat, with these crossroads that I've mentioned and uh, the crossroads that you're making that I've mentioned, you will have in the back, at the back of this altar, just a vigil candle, an orange candle dressed with uh, road opening oil and Keep that flame going, and when it comes down, it's about to burn out, get another one, dress it, light this next one, and keep those going, and that will burn through any sort of obstacle. They're particularly useful in matters of bureaucracy. There's a lot of paperwork, so you can keep that candle going in the background to keep things um, on, you know, keep the heat on it. You can also call or, or hire a missionary independent to light those candles for you as backup to ensure that you have some type of work that is opening up. Up, removing the molasses, removing the slowness, removing the delays, and helping to resolve this as soon as possible. So those are my
2: recommendations. Do we have any further suggestions from, from either of you? I have a further suggestion, and that's a key. Um, it, the road opener candle always promotes the idea of a key to me because you're going to want a key to your new house, right? So um, I'd get a...
0: You know, an old mm,
2: skeleton good. key or something of that nature. And if you're going to burn the road opener vigil at a at a chapel like ours or a church, then you probably won't use that key. You can just put it on with the altar with your little candles. But if you're going to have the road opener candle, you want to put a skeleton key, dress that with road opener oil, and put it in front. If you are using the sugar jar the way I mentioned it, You're going to be opening the sugar jar, taking out slips of paper when a place is not available, adding slips of paper when a new place becomes available. And so when you do that, turn the key Mm. in the sugar, okay? Turn the key in the sugar to open your roads. And you can dress that key, as I said, with the road opener on, okay?
3: Mm, That's great.
2: Okay. Wow. So I hope we've given Ryan a lot of ideas. Um, uh, And remember about sugar jars. People think, oh, a mojo, you can never open it or look inside. No, sugar jars you can open and close. Always remember that. (laughs) All right, and now it's time for our network schedule announcement from the Zone of Electrons.
3: The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Lafay, Fridays 1 to 2 and Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse Fridays 7 to 8 All time specific Add 3 Hours for Eastern sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California and online at luckymojo.com
1: And now it's time for our free spell segment with Sister Girl of SisterGirlCondra.com in Los Angeles. Take it away, Sister Girl.
4: Okay. So the free spell for this week is a two-part working uh, to bring someone closer to you. We're going to use photographs. Uh, The first thing you're going to do is you're going to print out a large photograph of the person, and you're going to put it above your door. You're going to post it above your front door with the face of the person facing inward into the house towards you. Um, And then for three days in a row, when you wake up in the morning, you're going to shout the person's name, full name out three times. So it could be John Smith, John Smith, John Smith. You call it out every morning, first thing, and and you do it three days in a row. Then... This, is this encourages the person to walk through your door and to come closer to you. Now, at the same time, you're going to make a honey jar, but instead of honey, you're going to use caro syrup. That makes things move a little quicker uh, than honey. Um, and what you're going to do is you're going to create a name paper with the person's name written three times and cross it with your name three times. And then you're going to place rose petals, lavender and cinnamon in your name paper and you're going to fold it up you're going to put it plunge it into the syrup along with a small photograph of the person uh, that who's your target i would suggest printing the picture out and putting it into the jar it it, or or unless it's just a photograph that you want to lose because the syrup will spoil the photo Um, you're going to seal the jar and then you're going to burn candles on it each day uh, while you're calling out the name in the morning. I would suggest what I like to do for honey jars and syrup jars is I like to burn a candle that's about the circumference of the lid of the jar. I like a little bit larger candle than like a chime candle just so that it really warms the jar and the, the, the wax can run down it and it really sort of has more of an effect, in my opinion. So you're going to call out the name in the morning, burn the honey, the, 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 the candle on top of the syrup jar, and then in time, when you feel the time is right, make contact with the person. You can continue to burn candles on the syrup jar as you like. It, it's up to you. But you'll kind of have a, a clue or a hint of like, oh, I should reach out to this person and see what they say. And uh, I think you'd get a favorable response. Now, it should give you an opportunity to spend time with the person, or, but it doesn't necessarily guarantee a long-lasting relationship. We've talked about other ways to, to kind of add solidity to a relationship. But this is just going to give you a chance to relate to the person. All right. Uh,
2: this is a a great spell. I love your idea too about using a bigger diameter mm. candle on the on the jar because it it does it will drip. And some people do like to see the jar covered with wax. Some don't. Everybody's different. That's a very good way to make sure it will cover with wax, and that's a good good thing to point out. And I'm going to say one more thing here, which we did not mention: celebrity photos.
0: Mm. If I
2: if I had a dime well, if I had a dime for everybody who said they want to meet name of celebrity and they have their photo. Of course they've got their photo, right? Mm. Um I'm gonna tell you that, that um is probably you know, then they, they try it didn't work. I didn't get to meet Kim Kardashian, right? Oh well. Celebrities are not the mo- just because their photos are there, it- they're not the most suitable to use their photos to try to meet them. Set your sights realistically. I mean, I'm not trying to rain on anybody's parade here, but celebrities are being approached all the time. And just be, you know, be realistic in your
3: desires.
2: What do you have to add to this, Conjurman?
3: Nothing other than I love the use of caro here it's really old timey really cool. We used to use caro quite a bit in virginian country i don't know if it's unique to that part of the world We used caro a little bit more and particularly mm-hmm. if you wanted to ring something we generally didn't ring it in honey so like if you had a candle and you pour a ring of honey around it, it's really popular. We generally use caro. I think that's just because caro moves a little bit faster than honey. So it's a, little, mm-hmm. it's a little bit more surface, and also a lot of uh, the petitions papers move rolled up and put into tarot jar, so I love this working with carrots, bringing back old memories, and I think it's really, really a cool way of working:
4: Yeah, well, yeah, it yeah, is Caro syrup things move faster, but also you should use the the color of caro syrup that is close to the color of the person that you wish to draw. so if they have dark skin, use the dark caro, if they have light skin, use the light caro. Yeah, and when and when I was young,
2: people would say, and if they're really dark, use brer rabbit blackstrap molasses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's that takes us back a ways, I'll tell you. That's a, a really old way to work. And I also was told if they're a baby, use powdered sugar because it's like baby powder. So those are some of the 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 subtleties of sweetening spells that. Um, really go back, I guess, you know, 100 years or more and should not be forgotten. Caro Syrup, and there's other brands that are also used, are very popular because of the color of the skin. And that um, emphasis on skin color, talking again about Mr. Hyatt and his collection, that emphasis on skin color was found most often in the New Orleans area, Algiers and New Orleans, and also a bit in Memphis. Um, mm. but it wasn't as commonly found in his collections in other parts of the country and has a lot to do with New Orleans Creole culture in which skin color figured prominently in people's social positioning. Not that it was uh, inflicted from outside, but that it, it was somewhat considered in New Orleans and I think y'all know what I'm talking about. So, when we see something like that, it doesn't mean that you're limited to that, but if you want to transmit an old spell the way it was written, hmm. what Sister Girl said is 100% right and I was still being taught that in Oakland, um the same thing, and even down to the kind of paper that you wrote your petition on. If the person was white, you wrote it on white paper. If they were a college student, you wrote it on college-ruled lined paper. If they were um, a Latino or light-skinned brown person, you wrote it on light brown paper. And if they were uh, darker-skinned, you wrote it on dark brown paper. And those were the ways we used to be taught to work. Some people find it offensive, but most people understand it is a way of identifying the person somewhat. All right, there's our music. So let's get Papa Newt here to do our
0: Mm -hmm.
2: uh, end announcements, and then we'll come back, we'll give a couple pieces of news, and then we'll all say goodbye. Take it away, Papa Newt.
1: Thank you, Miss Cat and Conjurman. And thank you, Sister Girl uh, of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles for being our guest this week. And uh, we do invite you to join us next week when we will have Oracle Hour. We'll be taking two clients, so be sure to head on over to the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com to get signed up. Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Ruble Hour brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and ContraMan at ContraManconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Papa Newt, joining you from PapaNewt.com. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available via luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band. Playing the jug band waltz thanks everybody (laughs) goodbye
2: thank you so much papa newt for filling in it's so nice to hear you (laughs) you're just a wonderful a wonderful voice we love so much well the 15th annual hoodoo heritage festival is in the planning stages now and if you go to the association of independent readers and root workers or air website to um, Hoodoo Heritage Festival page. You'll find out the names of who's presenting. We've got it all lined up. Um, Angela Marie Horner on the seven roots of personal power and mastery. I'm going to be talking about dolls, puppets, and effigies. And there'll be a book. Papa G doing hex appeal, spells for crossing and uncrossing. Dr. Jeremy Weiss on not magic, the power to loose and to bind. Lady Muse, time is on the essence, when to perform your spell. Clifford Lowe on lodestones on the altar, natural magnetism. Papa Newt, keeping or changing your job. John St. Germain with matchbox spells. Ramona Scott on herbal healing. And a panel discussion on crossroads with Mama E, Heidi Holton, Frey Rose, Doc Murphy, And Miss Robin. Good night.
0: Good night,
2: Good night. Good night.